This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. It's the Friday edition. Topics worthy of discussion at this time every weekday afternoon for Pizzaville. Pound 3636. Joining us in studio, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Good afternoon, Sherry. Good afternoon, John. Great day for talk radio. Sure is. Uh, Carlene Nation, media strategist at One Nation PR in Toronto is with us. Carlene? Happy to be here, John. Haven't seen you in a long time. Well, I haven't uh, been <laughs> The in... things I have to do to get in here. <laughs> well, here you are today. Uh, you must have done them. Uh, Michael Giles is with us as well. He's been in government at various levels for 30 years. How's Michael? Very good. Sun's shining. The parkway's moving. Who could ask for anything more? Well, <laughs> I should turn that into a song. Yes. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we've got uh, tape recordings from Jody Wilson-Raybould, which I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of different components to it, but uh, we've fragmented them into segments it may lend credence to her contention that she was being coerced you be the judge let's give a listen to at least one snippet of that you is he's not asking you to do anything appropriate or to interfere he's asking you to use all of the tools that you lawfully have at your disposal um, I, I i i know i have a tool under under the prosecution act that i can use i do not believe it is appropriate to use it in this case all right. Uh, that was in conversation with the clerk of the Privy Council, Michael Wernick. You know, in several installments, uh, she basically is maintaining that she uh, should operate at arm's length and uh, she understands what her uh, role and obligations and responsibilities are. And uh, so Wernick continues to suggest, well, maybe, you know, bring in Beverly McLaughlin, retired Supreme Court justice and so on and so forth. So let me start with you, Michael. I mean, uh, does this lend credence to her contention or do you find it interesting if not peculiar that Jody Wilson-Raybould decided to tape the discussion and release them at this time uh, so the drip, drip, drip continues. How do you see this? Well, I find it interesting that it is being released at this time and, and I actually did say uh, at, when she initially appeared before the, the Justice Committee that, uh, you know, just wait, something else is going to come. And I, I assumed, frankly, I assumed, uh, maybe I've been at this too long, but I assumed it would be a tape. And uh, what it does is, you know, it doesn't necessarily rise to the level of, you know, criminality or anything else like that. That's for others to judge. You know, you can hear him saying that, uh, you know, he doesn't want you to do anything unlawful. But what it does do is lend credence to her assertion that she's been pressured here. And why would she be taping if she wasn't? And then the whole notion of, you know, even just the fact that he wants you to, and he, you know, that statement brings the prime minister right into the middle of this conversation, even though he's not personally present, he's obviously got Warnick talking on his behalf. So, I mean, it is problematic. It is just not the optics that uh, the prime minister needs right now. And, and, you know, frankly, it's the last day of a bad week for him. So it's like, this is the last thing he needs. (laughs) All right. So does it substantiate her claim that this is what was going on? I mean, when she first testified to that effect, maybe uh, it was a he said, she said kind of thing. Does this further contextualize it for you, Sherry? Oh, absolutely. And it ties it right back to the PM's office. It's very clear that, first of all, that Wernick's far from (laughs) independent on this issue. Second of all, that he's acting on orders from the PM, which he shouldn't be, of course, and and that those orders are to pressure her. Uh, Very, very clear. And also, there's an object lesson for everybody in politics out of this, and that is, don't say in private what you don't want heard in public. Uh, because you know uh, that this is going to be the order of the day from here on in in the political uh, world, is that your conversation just might be recorded. 
All right. Well, uh, to that end, she did record. I mean, uh, obviously, she either as a lawyer, she understands, you know, uh, documentation that's really, you know, very much uh, all the T's are uh, crossed and I's dotted. Uh, What do you make of that? Uh, Do you think that also supports her position that she was being coerced? Absolutely. She indicated that 11 people were coming at her, pressuring her to back away from prosecuting uh, SNC-Lavalin and uh, give them a chance and give them the other option rather than prosecuting them, which would impact their ability to get government contracts. So, yes, in a sense, it was smart for her because she could see what was coming down the road that um, uh, that she may have to have some evidence. Now, she in her first uh, testimony, she had emails and text messages and the long list of things to substantiate her claims and her allegations that she was being pressured. Now adding tapes, that's another level of proof that can't be disputed by the prime minister. Well, you know, and adding a tape, this is seven weeks into this thing now. I'm just wondering, you know, if uh, you know, there's a concerted effort to prolong this. It's almost, you know, uh, saddest in a in a sense that she's doing this at this point, and you've got Jane Philpot out there. I mean, some people have floated the idea, myself as well, uh, that maybe there's a concerted effort to undermine this prime minister. Uh, how do you see it? Or am I being somewhat conspiratorial? Well, I, I, from her point of view, think about what her life looks like in that caucus right now. I mean, it must be a horror show to walk into work every day. I mean, they she's hated. Uh, I'm sure she's that they're not holding back. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if they come to a decision to 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 boot her or to censor her again. I think that would be a mistake. I think it makes them look worse. But how does she um, continue but, with but, her I mean, colleagues? He's, a, he's in free fall now. I mean, there's talk around the hill that he should even resign. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen either. But I, again, I mean, I, I you can bet the opposition parties will be screaming for blood after this. Well, this one almost seems like it's got momentum of its own at this point. And he imploded the other night at the uh, King Eddie when he was berating that uh, native protester and saying, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for the contribution. You know, I mean, it's seriously like uh, you would deal with a heckler in a comedy club. Yeah. You know, are you in showbiz? Then get your feet off the stage, that kind of thing. You know, anyway, look, uh, do you think there is an effort in play to undermine this prime minister? Well, I don't know if there's an effort in play to specifically undermine the prime minister. I think that um Jody Wilson-Raybould has obviously taken a path where she's looking to, you know, this issue, this was important to her. She felt she was pushed out of cabinet. So if there's, in that sense, I don't think there's anything like the, you know, the deep state that's organizing his removal or anything like that. But I think that, you know, what's happening here, I mean, it's, it's actually interesting and it's, I don't think it rises to the same thing. But if you look at the whole history of the Watergate thing, you see the same kind of thing. It was the drip, drip, drip. And then it was the cover-up. And it's interesting because there's almost that parallel with, with Nixon. There's a famous video where Nixon was walking into something and some guy asked and he turned his press secretary and pushed him towards him. You know, so he was at the breaking point. And you wonder if, uh, you know, that sort of was maybe what happened the other night, this pressure. Maybe he knew this tape was coming. But it's there's definitely sort of a, it's like the, the dust is flying everywhere. 
And, you know, there's, you know, we're getting into, literally into election season. I mean, the barbecues are firing up for July and August, <laughs> mm. and he's going to be going. So where does he go with this? And, and you know, the question, again, is what's next? I mean, I've heard some su- suggestions that they're having a caucus meeting next week to decide whether or not to boot them from caucus. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, in fact, Lisa Raitt, uh, deputy leader of the opposition on this program earlier this week, said uh, she thinks that's what's going to happen. Uh, for better, for worse, I mean, Sherry, you just alluded to the fact that, uh, you know, that would be problematic. I mean, uh, they kick her out. I, mean, I don't know. What do they do? They're on the horns of a dilemma, aren't they? Absolutely. And uh, and again, I'm sure that there are other caucus members who are very concerned about their own electoral chances at this point. Remember, they have to run for re-election too. Sure. So, there, you know, I, I think something's going to happen. Um, there's not a lot of good moves left for him right now, except to try to, you know, change the channel. And he's been trying and that's not working out well. Um, and he's in free fall in the polls. So, I mean, who knew? I mean, the NDP is looking pretty good right now. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> well, I think it might be the Conservative Party that's looking uh, pretty good right now. Conservatives are, They're are looking better, way, are benefiting. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Conservatives, are according benefiting. to our friend Daryl Bricker at Ipsos, they have a double-digit lead. And Absolutely. Justin's Absolutely. Uh, approval rating is lower than Donald Trump's at 40%. Trump is at 43 But I want to ask you, Carlene, because, you know, uh, when you said just a moment ago that he's trying to change the channel here, Sherry, it seems that uh, maybe there are operatives who are trying to do it for him. A couple of stories have been seeded uh, into the media and whatever credibility they may have or impact. How do you read it, Carlene? There's a story of that judge out there in Winnipeg. It was said that Jody Wilson-Raybould didn't agree with Justin Trudeau on the matter of elevating him to the Supreme Court. And then you heard about this Halifax man wrongfully convicted. It seems the stories made it uh, to the news yesterday that that file had sat on her desk for 18 months. And it was only when Lametti came in after her as the attorney general. Uh, he took care of it in seven weeks and the guy was sprung out of the joint in a heartbeat on a moment's note. Is This is meant to discredit Jody Wilson-Raybould, you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's some pushback against her right now to try to make her seem a bit um, incompetent. Uh, yes, she's been uh, making waves on the SNC-Lavalin issue, but she's, big, being, she's been ignoring important files, legal files, and making questionable decisions. This is sort of what they're trying to paint her uh, as, uh, as being perhaps incompetent. And it's the only arsenal left in the Trudeau's uh, salvo right now because they have have nothing else to do but to try to discredit her. Well, then you need friends in the media to do the carrier water for you. Well, look, you have the Trudeau government gave some media groups $600 million. (laughs) (laughs) But in all all fairness, though, the reality is she had a file on her desk for 18 months of a person who is clearly, or at least on on every sort of uh, observer, seems to have been wrongly convicted. I think that is a story and I think it would be irresponsible of the media not to report that. So, you know, this gentleman was, was I, he wasn't in jail, I think he was at bail at that point, but the point is he was wrongfully convicted and, uh, you know, the, the the other issue about the Supreme Court just I'm not even sure what that was about, I don't know how it would help the government, but it was just normal discussions. But you know, the whole discussion I, around the, that judge uh, well, that she was, was trying <clears throat> to put his name forward, they said, well, he's homophobic and he supports he doesn't support women getting the abortion. How could she bring forward a just a, a, a judge, someone to to assume the position on the Supreme Court, who 
who um, wouldn't be supporting well, these would betray, things. Well, so, would betray charter bet- rights. Yes, yeah. so essentially it plays into this whole narrative of trying to present her as not quite there. I mean, the sad reality is even if there's truth to these stories, it doesn't matter because right now the only way anybody's going to read these stories is as an attempt to smear her. Uh, so that's that's the conundrum that faces their communications folk in the Liberal Party federally, and I don't know how they're going to break out of that. Um, no. It's, again, uh, they're trying desperately, change a channel, make her look bad, do something, uh, and none of it's working. Back into the fray, topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636, with Michael Giles, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, and Carly Nation. Let me ask you about the situation in Quebec, where the Premier and the uh, Coalition Avenir, that's the new government, proposing a ban on public sector employees wearing religious symbols at work. Hijabs, turbans, yarmulkes, even a Christian cross, if it's overtly displayed. These are people who work in the public, uh, you know, whether it's uh, police officers, it could be, uh, well, you get the gist. Uh, I mean, I'm going through the list of them here in my mind, but uh, I think what really is at the nub of it, there's a charter protection for matters of conscience and expression, you know, the freedom to express, versus what, uh, I guess, somebody, a government uh, spokesperson, uh, this is the Minister of Immigration, Diversity, and Inclusiveness said, it's perfectly reasonable that a choice about the secular nature of the state should be decided by the Quebec legislature alone. That's why we're using the notwithstanding clause. They believe, you know, in the parliament for the Quebec nation, that's where the big decisions are made and they can override the charter. Sherry? John, this is a legislature where the speaker sits in front of a huge cross. uh, They've taken that out, though. Uh, I mean, but come on. I mean, this is the state telling people what to wear. I'm sorry. I, this is this is wrong on so many levels. Um, it, on the personal freedom level, uh, this is wrong for a variety of reasons. Um, and and again, uh, I, you know, uh, I think we just have to look at the charter to know that this is going to be challenged. It will be challenged, but that's why they put the notwithstanding clause in there, because that would override it. It, you know, that was put in by, uh, I guess it was uh, Pierre Trudeau, in order to even make this whole thing fly in the first place, uh, to give them that kind of thing. Usually it was going to be for the protection of French language or things, you know, that Quebec felt were near and dear. And this is one such test of that. Carlene, do you think uh, this law is going to be passed? Well, it might very well be passed, but Quebec will be uh, labeled a racist uh, society and a rate that this government will be branded as racist because essentially it's dialing back to when Jacques Parizeau lost the referendum and he blamed money and uh, and the ethnic, the ethnic votes mm-hmm. for losing it. So there's this perception somehow that the government of Quebec that they're not uh, they're, that they have an issue with with immigrants and with people of color. In this instance, they're focusing but on... But it's Christian symbols as well. I mean, Yeah, any- no, but they have to throw that in there uh, to, you know, to target uh, uh, Muslims and Sikh men and, and Jewish men wearing the kippah on their heads. Uh, as, look, we recall when the first Sikh person was allowed to wear the, the Sikh hat and his... 
turban, rather, mm-hmm. and the ceremonial dagger and become an RCMP officer. And what a big moment that was. And in 2006, you had a little, uh, a little boy who took the Quebec government to court so that he could wear his ceremonial dagger. He's a Sikh child. Right. So essentially, they've, we, we, we've been going, churning through these rights and freedoms for people in Quebec, and now they've come back to this. So it seems as though they're reversing, going backwards. Well, they say they want a you, secular society. Let me just... It's uh, not possible. Well, all right, but, you know, they want to eliminate religion in or religious symbols in the public square worn by public uh, let, let me do one thing yes i support uh that that we we keep politics we keep religion out of politics but that's not what we're talking about here well they're talking about people and what they wear and uh, their well, ability hang on, hang to on, get hang on. certain jobs the government says this is based on four principles the separation of state and religions the religious neutrality of the state the equality of all citizens and freedom of conscience and freedom of religion so that you know Atheists and all the rest wouldn't feel like uh, they're being somehow uh, separate because they have no religious symbols to fly. So, Michael, I mean, going to a secular, a purist secular society, uh, can that be supported? Well, I think that they're going down a little bit of a dangerous road here. It's that old thing, you know, they used to joke that uh, don't box with God, your arms ain't long enough. And I think he's getting into this. You know, okay, so where do we go next? Um, you know, if, if everybody in the province of Quebec uses Canadian money. So when you take that coin a quarter and you pay for it, it says on it, Elizabeth Regina, E-R, Deo Grazia, by the grace of God, Queen. You've got, there's a massive cross on top of Mount Royal. Are they going to take that down? There's crosses on schools across the, the province. There's, you know, you just keep going. So I think that, you know, this is sort of playing into, I think it's an overplay in terms of secularism. I don't see that it's an issue in terms of, you know, I don't, you know, I haven't heard of all the people, I've never heard people complain about going to the, you know, the motor vehicle department and somebody who's wearing a turban. It's a problem. It's not a problem. You know, there's, it's, it's, it just, I think it's a, you know, it's a solution looking for a problem and, uh, you know, there's reasons they're doing it. And you're right, you know, they've taken the Christian cross down, that, that was in there, what, since 1936. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's, it's and, you know, and I guess I'll, I'll, my final point, because I know we have to, but my final point on this is, if there wasn't an issue with this in the terms of sort of the principles that we have as a country in terms of our charter of rights and freedoms and all that stuff, they wouldn't have to put the notwithstanding clause right into the bill already because they know it's not fair and it's not just, so they wouldn't have to protect it that way. Well, that's why Pierre Trudeau anticipated that uh, sometimes, you know, they wouldn't go along with it and to get them to sign on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is something, but you know where uh, the premier says this is something that uh, the people of Quebec support. We're going to find out. The uh, English School Board of Montreal decided they're going to uh, defy the ban, and this one's going to the Supreme Court uh, at the very least. Right now, back to our panel topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville pound three six three six or pound something. I mean, uh, this is what has been suggested by some folks out west, like Jason Kenney in Alberta and Rachel Notley, the current Premier, Michael Layton here at City Council, floating this idea. Uh, he proposed a motion yesterday asking Council to look into the idea of suing the big oil companies uh, to recover the costs of fighting climate change. He's putting it on them. And as I say, folks out west are not too happy. They think this is all just uh, virtue signaling and uh, they're applying a a higher standard to our oil than they do OPEC oil, or they don't see the reality. This is Rachel Notley uh, taking Mike Layton to task, saying he's out of touch. He doesn't see Alberta's contributions because of his tunnel vision. Sherry DeNovo, she's an NDP premier. 
Not my NDP premier, I'll tell you. No, uh, no. I mean, I. I she think lives in a world of real politics, though. Uh, West and, and an and oil patch. It, here's here's a classic case of somebody who's done the wrong thing and is going to pay for the, for it at the polls. And I, who's uh, that? Notley. Um, I oh. think absolutely, there's such a thing as climate change. First of all, you have to assert that. Second of all, um, this is from the Insurance Institute. It's not from a partisan body. Have said there have been six hundred year storms since two thousand and five. Mm, These were events that used to happen once every hundred years. Those stats have been uh, disputed or discounted. I mean, well, uh, they ha- actually they haven't been. Every oh. environmentalist and any scientist worth their salt uh, will tell you that climate change is real. If you drive well, your car right. on the streets of Toronto and hit a pothole, you know climate change okay, is real. Okay, well, you know we're not arguing that right now. I mean, uh, I don't want to get too far astray. It's just that there's a motion to sue the yeah. big oil companies because they're the ones who are wreaking havoc I with mean, our infrastructure. You're dialing it directly back to them. Uh, and, and so you should. We, we subsidize we? them hugely well, federally right. with our tax dollars, and we should not do that. Now, will this succeed? No, I don't think it will succeed. I think it's a, a brave little banner that Mike has kind of unfurled Isn't there. But I mean, I, I, I think we it at least we're talking about it, and well, uh, that's a good thing. Do we? Is it really, or yeah. are we wasting our breath? I just bring it up because I wanted to show you, I think there's a... Well, the superficiality of some of these folks who are proposing things at council when we have more important matters to address, like our crumbling infrastructure, which, by the way, is crumbling because cars use it. The only reason they use it is because, I mean, it's part of our overall economy and the vitality of the city is premised on a lot of these things. But let me get to Carlene. On this point, suing big oil for... This is a case of... um let's look busy, Jesus is coming, let's try and uh, show everybody that we're doing something here at City Hall about climate change. He doesn't quite define it, uh, suing them for this mercurial uh, notion of climate change that they can't break down or quantify in any real way. It's a typical ploy on the by these leftist councillors down at City Hall. We have a massive problem here in Toronto, yes, with our crumbling infrastructure, lack of affordable housing, and on and on and on. The over uh, um, uh, the, the the massive amounts of cars on our streets and and the city's in chaos. People are sleeping on the bri- under bridges. Okay, so all sorts of stuff. So things- instead of it's diversionary. Mm. Let's sue these people. The, these big oil companies in in Mike Alberta, has been and, no, on hang those on, issues in too. Alberta, let's sue them and focus on that. So we won't focus on what's happening in Michael Layton's backyard and his lack of ability to handle the real problems in our city. All right, let me get to Michael on this one. Uh, you know, I thought it was patently ridiculous. Sherry says, you know, it's worthy of a conversation at least. Uh, and do- Jason Kenney said basically the same: stop virtue signaling at the expense. Of Alberta, right? And you say what, Michael? Well, I, I mean, I don't think the city's in chaos. I, I, I just, to point I think, that. So. I think we've got challenges like any other city, but I wouldn't describe it as chaos. It's not like the purge is happening. But the um, no, <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of the, uh, the this whole issue. I mean, this is a member's motion, so I think we have to sort of remember this. This is where members of council, and they do this federally, provincially as well, have an opportunity to put forward issues that they want to have, you know, discussed or looked at. You know, the, the issue came forward at council. It was a member's motion by Councillor Layton. The mayor himself said, you know, this is not something he would support in terms of, uh, you know, it's not going to go through the whole court process. It would likely not go anywhere. He even described it, I think, as theatre. 
Council did not approve this. Council did not waive referral of this, which requires two-thirds majority. It went to the Infrastructure and Environment Committee, where there'll be a discussion about it. I doubt we may see it again. It's just, it's put out there. It's a discussion point. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like it's a member's motion. It's, it's not like a, it's not city policy or anything else. No, it's put on the put, floor for a discussion. He's putting it out there to get attention, media attention, by any means necessary. Uh-huh. Well, and that's he did, all they then seem it to do. Scientists tell us we have to do something within 12 years, so... You know, are you buying that Green New Deal within 12 years, otherwise we're toast? Uh, I'm, I'm buying that we better start moving in the direction of doing something, absolutely. Well, this um, is it, that Green know, New Deal that's been floated by uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stateside. And voted down. Well, well yeah. Rejected. And also getting, you know, about a million hits on Twitter. I mean, there's a woman who I think actually stands for something and is and giving new life to the Democratic Party. She clearly. wants to get rid of airplanes, Really? Well, really? Actually and build bridges to n- Europe? No, that's not <laughs> so, actually I mean, really? what Come she on. said. That, Come uh, on. That's not what she said. What, what needs to happen is something. Something needs to happen from all levels of government about the issue of climate change. By the way, uh, you know, because there have been a lot of people siding with her, I mean, uh, it looks like Donald Trump might actually be the beneficiary of that. It's too far left for many people's liking, you know, in a a land that uh, the heartland certainly isn't with them. But, you know, let me ask you about the Trump thing, the collusion. We haven't had an opportunity since, you know, that was next by uh, the Mueller report. And uh, there are still some people holding to that point of view that he colluded with the Russians. And uh, he's talking about even going back to the genesis of the whole kerfuffle, which might dial into... uh, as high a place as the Obama White House, but the weaponization of the intelligence community and the Department of Justice. He's been advised by people like Carl Rove in an op-ed piece uh, yesterday saying, you know, turn your back on it, move forward, get on to the issues like health care, immigration, and other big ticket items that people will really care about. How do you see it, Michael? Is it either or, or can he accomplish both? Should he? Well, he's taking his victory lap right now. And I, okay, that's understandable. This is what he does. Uh, having said that, I think that Rove's right. I think that people are absolutely fed up with the whole Russia thing. It's, it's, it's the issue, you know, and it's, it's going to effectively die now, basically, because of this report. Even if the Democrats in the Senate, they're, but they're, they're already sort of, you know, moved on, frankly. No, not the, the Democrats. Well, no, the Democratic Party in the House is now looking at banking issues and everything else. This stuff, they know the House leadership in the United States House of Representatives knows this is a non-starter. No, they're, they're moving they're on to still other going stuff. No, there's it. some of them, but none of the committee chairs or anybody else. They're, they, they're, their thing is they well, want to see the full report. No, no, no. Mid-April, no, no. they want to see the full report, and then they're going to decide. Adam Schiff is a committee head, and he's still on this. Uh, he's banging yes. on this note rather vociferously. That's uh, because once he see, cause what he's saying is we need to see this full report before we can sweep this uh, he's away. He's still talking collusion. He won't, yes. he won't but, let it go. But, and, and the question, though, is, I mean, should heads roll? People in the media got it wrong. Very, very seriously wrong. Yeah. Well, I actually I mean, agree. I think that people in the media got it very, very wrong. And I and listen, um, there's lots to go after Trump for, and I think they should. Uh, and I think this has really done a disservice for those who are trying to resist his his agenda, and he does have one. Um, uh, you know, this is a man who, you know, uh, has lots lots of you know secrets, and they could have been uncovered. And instead. They went full force on something which uh, clearly it was a non-starter. And I think it's been a non-starter since the beginning, quite and frankly. They, and the media yeah. knew that. CNN knew that. Yeah. MSNBC knew that. But they were banging the drum on it daily. In one instance, you had Rachel Maddow. She mentioned Russian collusion about 30 times in a half an hour. Uh 
It's basically all the Democrats have. They spent all this time on Russian collusion. Trump is corrupt. He colluded with Russia. And the media pushed that narrative so wildly. And then now they've all got eggs eggs on their faces, but they refuse to apologize and refuse to to back away from it. I think people will move forward from this. No, but they're not. You have the the Democratic core, you have the Republican core in the United States. American elections are decided by a very small percentage of the public and not, you know, the independents that are sort of on both sides. And they're going to swing. They will swing on issues of economics. They will swing. uh, That's where it's going to settle. Because at the end of the day, it's always about your pocketbook. They have not spoken anything about policy. The Democrats They've come up with nothing dealing with policy and nothing to give Americans. They haven't come up with any reason for the Americans to look at the Democrats as a viable alternative well, they must have, to Trump. Because they won the House of Representatives. Yeah, no, that uh, was they, then, but not not come twenty twenty. As somebody described Trump as the head of one of, of America's most uh, uh, preeminent crime families, I mean, this is a man. Well, who, that's a slander. I mean, though. this this is a man. <laughs> no, that's who, uh, a slander. It's not a slander. Well, this no, is a, where's the Trump proof, University and the amount oh, of money that geez. was taken from students. Well, Clinton not Foundation? Men, what not, about the Clinton well, Foundation? Well, I'm not going to defend Clinton either. Okay. Yes, please. Well, here we go. And instead, they focused on a non-starter, Russian collusion. So yes, the the, the mainstream media have something to offer uh, to answer for because they, they've they wasted all of this airtime yeah. going after something that's going to be a dead end. Well, let me ask you about, uh, and finally, this story surfaced earlier this week where uh, the total wiping clean of the file on Jussie Smollett. Oh. The Empire actor. Now they're saying, you know, uh, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff made a phone call to the prosecutor in this case who didn't recuse herself. She just said she did, but she didn't file the formal notice. It's kind of getting down into the weeds, but uh, I'm just wondering, call it conspiratorial. Do you think they might have actually done that to create a media firestorm and wipe the stuff about Trump being exonerated from the collusion rap off the front page? Um, <laughs> I know, that's a, this has been going on from that, the beginning with this woman and, and frankly this prosecutor and from the A to the Z this thing has been handled improperly and I think you do I think the FBI does need to investigate this because this to, is it's just it's what has happened is not appropriate well, Trump, and, and did did the Obamas have something to do with it did any other higher ups have some some well, something to do with uh, getting the, because it's so unusual. You drop all the charges, you drop the indictments that were coming down against him. Then you wipe the slate clean. You so he, he has he, he has a ten thousand dollars on the table. So ten grand, and, and yeah. ten grand that's nothing. That's jail card. That's monopoly <laughs> that's stuff. But he now, still he still may face federal charges though. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and, and the wire fraud it. stuff is is can you know it's five serious. to ten years. And, and yeah. someone like he's facing his public. And yeah. his public and then, is saying, oh, yeah. the, I saw, the, I saw yeah. actually in the paper today, the Empire ratings are like literally right into the toilet. So that's uh, yeah. as bad as Rachel Maddow's? Uh, I, no, they're getting close. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> as I say, everything is sort of a house of cards and it's coming yeah. down around all of them. Listen, we've got to wrap it for the day and the week. Another great one for Talk Radio. Thanks for coming in as always. Michael Giles, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNoble, and Carly Nation. We'll do it again next Friday. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.